For most people, they live in a very natural, carnal world. But in today's program, we're going to learn that when you are born again of God, you not only live in three dimensions, you also have access to the fourth dimension. Our series is entitled, The Standalone Fourth Dimension. And we're going to learn how to live the Spirit-filled life, or at least begin to live the Spirit-filled life, according to God's Word. Our goal, of course, is to give you God's unchanging Word for changing time. We're in between two Understanding the Bible series, so we offer this as a little break from the series and a very needful message, something the Lord has been hammering to me for the last while, and I want to pass it on to my listeners. Thank you for joining us. We live in a world that, of course, is increasingly complex, complicated, confused, crisis-riddled, and in some cases, chaos-laden. But despite all that, there is hope, there is a future, for the simple reason, there is God. Not only is there a God, but there's a mediator between God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. That's what Paul told Timothy. And Jesus gives us the gift of of eternal life. He also gives us the gift of abundant life. And he gives us the gift of the new birth so that we can live beyond three dimensions into what we call the fourth dimension. I want to read from two passages of Scripture. The one is from John chapter 3 and the other is from Romans chapter 8. And both of them are talking about what I would call the spirit life or the spiritual life born again baptized, filled, and walking in the Holy Spirit. So let's read the first eight verses of John chapter 3, and we'll take it from there. Much of this is Jesus speaking. John chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you can hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is the Gospel of John chapter 3 verses 1 to 8. Of course, it goes on to give us the most famous verse in the Bible. And that's verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Welcome to the fourth dimension. Three dimension is our natural world, our visible world, what we can see, touch, hear, smell. This is important. We believe God made it. We believe God made it good. Sin came in and corrupted it but God sent it remedy through the gospel of Christ, for sure. But there is more. There is the spiritual realm. Now, the Apostle Paul tells us that the things that are seen 
are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And yet, the eternal will not always be unseen. Jesus talks in verse 3 about what we call the new birth, being born again, spiritually regenerate, born from above, born from the Spirit. And he goes on to say, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. We haven't even talked about entering, we just mean to see it, to know it exists, and to desire it for your very self. This is the beginning of the fourth dimension. Let us continue with John chapter 3 and the fourth dimension. Jesus goes on to say in verse 5, unless you're born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. We don't want to misunderstand this verse. Some would say it's equated to baptisms, water baptism and spirit baptism. I do believe they play a very important role, but the term water may not necessarily just be for baptism. The Word of God is described as the washing of the water of the Word. The Word of God is what cleanses us from sin, from depravity, from carnality. It's what makes us clean. Jesus actually says in this Gospel of John to his disciples, you are clean because of the Word that was spoken to you. So we want to keep it in that context that ultimately everything that's talked about here is spiritual. We see there is the natural side. Now, carnal doesn't always mean sinful, though oftentimes we use that context in Christian lingo. Carnal simply means the natural, the physical world, that which we can see and perceive. That's the three dimensions. And there's much that's good in the three dimensions. In fact, with our busy lives, it would be good to slow down, take a walk, and smell the roses. Nothing wrong with any of that. But the problem is, with the carnal, natural life, two points. One, it is limited. It only focuses on the temporal, seen reality, rather than the currently unseen, spiritual, eternal reality. That's one. So it's limited. But the second thing is that the carnal nature has been corrupted by self and sin. And so it really does put us in a bind. And as Romans teaches us, Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That sin, of course, happens from our carnal nature. And we need to understand we sin because we are sinners. We don't become sinners because we sin. It's part of the nature, and Jesus, through the cross, did the death blow to that sin-dominated self-life and nature so that we can live God-honoring, Spirit-filled lives. That's why we need to be born of water and the Spirit. He goes on to say, in John 3, verse 8, the wind blows where it wants to. You can hear it, but you don't know where it's come from. You do not know where it's going. This is how everyone who is born of the Spirit lives. We are motivated by the Holy Spirit. We do the works of the Spirit, which are life and righteousness. We want to do it. We can do it. And remember, it's not a matter of self-will to break free from sin. It's a matter of the gospel, the cross of Jesus, the Word of God hidden in our heart, the cleansing of the shed blood of the Lamb, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that helps us to break free. Natural people cannot understand the ways of the spiritual people because of this chasm made possible by the new birth and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The born-again people 
have entered into a fourth dimension. That's why be careful what you take in to your life, what things you listen to, even something as seemingly normal as watching the news. Even when the news is factually accurate, be discerning if the spirit behind the news is not good. Maybe it's a partisanship, maybe it's of hatred even, maybe it's of deception, even when the facts are right, be careful. That's why in Proverbs 4.23, it tells us, guard your hearts with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. There is even a time we have to turn off to what we hear in the third dimension in order to have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying in the fourth dimension. Now, with that in mind, let's turn to Romans chapter 8, and we'll read the first few verses there, too. Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh— God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, The body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. This is Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 13. A few points here about the fourth dimension and spirit-filled living. The very first verse is often quoted by people to help insulate them from criticism for doing the wrong thing, and they'll say, hey, back off here. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Basically, by interpretation, they're saying, I'm a Christian, so leave me alone. And they may be saying this to a fellow Christian. It is very important that we remember the context and that we remember all the words. This verse is not saying there's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus alone. It says there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who, listen to this, walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Those are the ones that are exempted from condemnation. We have to be born again of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, and walking in the Spirit. In other words, lifestyle, fourth dimension living, not just hearing the words of people, but more importantly, hearing the words of God. It goes on to tell us that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law 
of sin and death. There's not a lot of elaboration here, although in a sense, chapter 8 is talking a lot about the law of the Spirit of life. Now, the law of sin and death is very simple. It's Romans. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. So the law of sin and death is simple. You sin, you die. You go on death row. Every sin, it appears to say, is a capital crime. Now, that might seem ludicrous. Is swearing or fudging on tax returns a capital crime? Not legally. But remember, there's more to it than just those particular sins, those particular misdeeds. There's the heart that goes behind it. The heart that it doesn't just, how should we say, do the deeds, but it's what goes before. And if they're not checked, then those deeds proliferate and become more and more. Don't want to get into all the mechanics of it. The simple thing is this. The law of sin and death is basically simple. Sin and die. Wages of sin is death. But praise God, there is a higher law. Think of the law of sin and death like the law of gravity. Everything that is let go has a free fall. And if it falls from a big height, it's dead. It's gone. But there is a higher law. Think of the law of aerodynamics. Think of what causes planes to fly. Law of gravity still pertains, but when the plane takes off, it defies the law of gravity, carrying its cargo and its customers to wherever they need to go. There is a higher law spiritually, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It is overruling the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is still around, but it has no dominion over the born-again, spirit-filled person, the person who's born of the Spirit and walks in the Spirit. It's a higher law, it's a wonderful law, and we praise God for it. But remember, there is a lifestyle to abide in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We have to be spiritually minded, very important, because if we are carnally minded, that is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Remember, you are what you think. We do have thoughts. Sometimes they're not God-honoring thoughts, so we need to have our minds renewed. Again, the book of Romans is immensely helpful with this. In chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we give our bodies as a living sacrifice according to the mercies of God, and we give our minds to be renewed. Because we don't want to conform to this world, we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The Holy Spirit, the cross of Jesus, the Word of God in head and heart, Christian fellowship, quality Christian music, and the list goes on, helps you to live in the fourth dimension of spiritual mindedness, not of lust and carnal thinking. Look, everybody struggles with these things. But the Word of God, particularly here in John 3 and Romans 8, is showing you the way forward. It goes on to tell us that if you're in the flesh and only in the flesh, verse 8 of Romans 8, you cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh if God's Spirit is in you and you belong to God because the Spirit of Christ is in you. But if you don't have the Spirit of Christ because you haven't been born again, you don't at this point belong to God, but you can. Finally, verse 13 of Romans 8. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Please note, if you're going to overcome bad habits, attitudes, weights, and sins in life, you need to partner with the cross of Jesus, the Word of God hidden in your heart, and with the Holy Spirit. There's something about the Holy Spirit that puts to death the thoughts 
the deeds, cast the weights into the ocean, and the sins that bedevil people. Don't go it alone. Partner with God. He will lift you up according to the law of the Spirit of life and set you free from the law of sin and death. The Holy Spirit puts to death the deeds of the body, the thoughts of the mind, the attitudes of the heart. Praise God for that. This is also part of the fourth dimension. Let me round this off by saying this. To live the born-again, Spirit-led life is to live a superior life to anything you could have done before. You will hear what others cannot hear. You will see what others cannot see. You will enter in to what others can. You will no longer be bound by the global economy, but by God's economy. You'll no longer be bound by national law, although we are law-abiding people. You'll also be guided by God's law. You will not just get the results humanly, you will get the results supernaturally that God promises through His Word. All of this and more is part of being in the fourth dimension. And so with that, let me pray for you to come to Christ and let me pray for you in the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the fourth dimension, the new birth and spirit-filled living. Help us to enter into these things with joy and to lead others to do likewise. You love us. You've called us according to your purpose. There is victory and joy and blessing through Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.